My friends, before I start the podcast, I'm excited to invite you to sign up for my free Body and Life Reset Masterclass that is happening January 12th over Zoom. If you saw the title of this podcast and you got a little excited, like, yes, please, that's what I need, then you are going to want to sign up and join me. This is my first live masterclass dedicated to losing weight, getting in shape, and taking your health to the next level. And I will tell you, mindset is the most important piece of this. If you are heading into 2023 wanting to get healthier in any way, you're going to want to have your mindset dialed and I am going to teach you how. So this will be a mindset and get healthy masterclass. We're going to be talking about how to deal with hunger, how to follow through, how to create a protocol, what to do when you give in to urges, how to want something and not eat it. Did you did you know that's possible? You can actually want something and not eat it. I'm going to teach you how. I'm going to be diving in to all of it. So the link to sign up is in the show notes for this episode. You can also find it if you go and follow me on Instagram, you can find it. The link is in my bio. So now on to the podcast. Welcome to the Courtney Gray podcast, the show for women who are ready to create an even more amazing life than the one they have already lived. I'm your life and business coach, Courtney Gray, and each week I'm going to be teaching you how to get what you want, how to get clarity, think bigger for your life, and realize you determine your happiness and purpose. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, episode 51, Creating a Bigger Life. Strap in, this is going to be a long one. We're going to go kind of Joe Rogan almost on this one. No, not really. But normally my podcasts are like around 20 minutes and I have so much to say this time. And the reason is I have so many new listeners. Um, thank you for finding my podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the people that are sharing it and reaching out, telling me they're loving it. I'm so grateful, but I realize a lot of you don't really know who I am. And maybe you follow me on Instagram and you kind of piece some things together, but I wanted to create a podcast that talks about what I have created, what I do, my journey. A lot of people don't even know that not only am I a life and business coach, but I also have like a really big time, multiple six figure thriving jewelry business that I'm, I'm a, a glass artist. I do glass jewelry. So it's quite an amazing life I've created for myself. And I want to talk about what I have created, what I am creating, and how I've done it, and how you can do it as well. We're going to talk all about it, so strap, strap in. I didn't always want a bigger life for myself. I've always been very happy. I've always had a very good life, been very lucky and blessed in that way. But it wasn't until I started listening to podcasts and kind of dipping my toe into the world of like life coaching and mind management that I realized that a bigger life was even possible if I wanted it. So I started actually thinking, of all the ways I could have more. And that really is the first step, of course, to creating a bigger life is realizing that that is an optional. So again, I have a lot of new listeners. Welcome. I want to introduce myself and tell you my story. Well, at the same time, I want to talk about what I have learned along the way in order to not only allow you to get to know me, but also to hopefully get inspired and be able to start questioning what you want to do with your life and how you can live a bigger life. So let me tell you, first of all, what inspired this podcast. So one of the things I'll share all the things about me is I'm an identical twin. I have two sisters. One of them is my identical twin sister. Her name is Kelly. I talk about her a lot in the podcast because not only is she my identical twin sister, my, you know, my other half, um, my husband is my soulmate, but my sister is my other half. But she also was my first coaching client by force. I forced her. I forced coaching on her even before I became a coach. And she is quite a success story. She has now made multiple six figures in her business as a nurse. It's an amazing story. And I, I've had her on the podcast two times. So if you're like, what is happening? What? And you're intrigued? then go back and find the podcast where I say interview with my sister. Those are really fun. And I will have her on again. Those, if you look back, those seem to be the most popular podcasts. So I was talking with my sister, Kelly, and she has two kids of her own that are around the same ages of, as my kids. Um, so I have three boys. They are, we have, we also have twins. So I'm an identical twin. 
And then I have fraternal twins. That's so kind of fun. Really fun, actually. So my boys' fraternal twins are Justin and Tyler. They are 19. And then my baby is almost 17. In about two weeks, he's going to be 17 years old. Kelly has a son that is also 19, Joe. And then her daughter, Kendall, is 17. So anyways, we were talking about Kendall because Kendall, my niece, is a senior in high school. And we were talking about where she's going to go to college, what her options are, what she might want to be interested in. We were talking about all of this, her future. And I just really, in talking to my sister and my niece, jumped on you know my soapbox of life coaching and mindset and all the options available to her and what an exciting time of her life it is. And I told my sister, I said, I feel like I want to get in front of all these young people and teach them all the things that we as adults didn't know, you know, when we were that age, that they can really can have so many options available to them. It doesn't even matter how much money their family makes. It doesn't matter what has been available to, to them in their lives. As a society, we have really provided so many options to these kids and they don't even know how to think big for themselves and how to challenge maybe what has been presented as options for them in their life. So I just was like, oh, I wish I could get in front of all these people. And then my sister said, yeah. She goes, you're doing that for women. She goes, it's the same way for women really in midlife. We have so many options and we have so much potential that we don't even know. And, and so I said, yes, you're right. That's what I'm doing. I'm teaching all the women that we can create bigger lives for ourselves. So here are the concepts or the the how-tos of really what I'm going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you examples of how I have learned these lessons in my own life. Creating a bigger life really is believing big things are possible for your future. In order to succeed, you have to be willing to fail because you will fail. It's all about managing your mind. Thinking intentionally is going to determine the results in your life. It's realizing that discomfort is your friend, right? The willingness to feel uncomfortable in creating a bigger life is, it has to happen. It has to happen. And also learning it takes time. And this work is ongoing. It never ends. And it takes time to create a bigger life. And I think that we're in a society right now where a lot of people want to start something and they want to see immediate results. And that doesn't always happen. You have to be willing to take time and to, to keep going and, and working towards something. And the reason I wanted to share my story with you today is because it's pretty amazing and I'm going to weave all of these lessons I just said, these concepts into my story. So let me tell you where I am right now. Right now I have a multiple six-figure business as a glass jewelry artist. So I have been growing this business for 18 years. So I started as a fused glass artist. And so basically that means is I have, I have two kilns and I melt colored glass together and I create jewelry. I started in the very beginning doing platters and bowls and then quickly went to making night lights. And I'll tell you more about that. And then I quickly then stopped all that and started really focusing on the jewelry. And that's when my business really started making money and taking off. So I've been doing that for 18 years. Then two years ago, I got certified as a life coach and I'm now, I'm also growing my Courtney Gray coaching business. This business is the next love of my life. This business is my next chapter. It's my new passion, helping women create change in their lives and change their lives. I'm just on fire about it. I've done all of this while being a stay-at-home mom to three boys, and they are my number one. My husband is my fourth boy, <laughs> but my kids being a mom is my number one life goal, life dream. It's my everything. My husband is a college basketball coach, very successful in his own right. And so for five months of the year, he is gone a lot and he is very busy. So I have made time for all of this. I also love to cook. I also take working out and eating healthy very seriously. I love playing tennis and spending time with my girlfriends and I have created quite an amazing life for myself. But the best part is I truly believe that I am just getting started. I am just barely scratching the surface with the money that I want to make. I love making money. I love talking about money. I think money, it, when you learn how to create more money in your life, it affects your whole life. And it's just, I think we should all be talking about money more, especially women. There, A lot of women still have a lot of mind drama around making money, charging for their services and all of that. So I love talking about money. 
I am enjoying my life. I'm so much more present now than I've ever been in my whole life. I understand how fragile life is so much more. And I understand that the way we think is the key to the way we experience life and the results we create. So here is my story, right? Um, I was born, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm not gonna go that far back. But um, I, I, here's my story. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I, I went to college and started falling in love with my husband, Greg, and I knew, although I was working before I had kids, I knew I wanted to have kids and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That was going to be my job. That was the plan. My husband was totally on board. He was gonna be the breadwinner. I was gonna be at home with babies. I wanted to have boys. I always knew that I would be a good boy mom. But I had taken a class just for fun in college. I got my degree at UC Davis in human development. And I went to college just because the opportunity was there for me. And my parents pushed me to do that and knew that only positive could come from going to college. So I, I took um, a major on that I thought would be fun and had a bunch of classes that I was interested in, which was great advice by my mom. She goes, look at all the classes you want to take and find a major that has all those classes. Beautiful. So I got my degree while I was going to UC Davis, I started taking classes in the craft center because when I was in high school, I did a little ceramics. And so when I was in college, I was a little bit bored. My, my boyfriend, who now is my husband, and I lived far apart. So I wasn't really going out to parties and, and doing that. I, I worked full time through college and in my downtime, I took classes at the craft center and I took a glass class a glass, it was a fusing class. I had always loved glass. That sounds kind of random, but it's true. I always loved glass. Like we would go to antique stores growing up and I always loved the glass ashtrays. My parents, of course, never let me buy one because it was an ashtray, but they, I just thought they were so beautiful. And I always loved glass and it always just caught my attention. I remember when I was a little kid being at my grandparents' house and they had a few flower paperweights. In fact, now in my office, I have one of them. I, my, both my grandparents have passed away and I have one. And I remember looking at this paperweight and thinking, how the hell did that? I don't think I said hell as a kid. I thought, how did that flower get made? I was like just mesmerized by it and the bubbles and all that. So when I was in college, I took a fusing class, which is actually not how the paperweight was made and I didn't learn that until I was in the class. The play paperweight is blown glass, but I took a fused glass class. So this is when you take sheets of glass and you cut them down and you layer them and you make things. You can make bowls and platters. That's what most people either in the glass fusing word world, they make either bowls, platters, or they make jewelry. A lot of the jewelry looks very similar. It's made with this glass called dichroic glass. I'm not a fan at all of it, never used it. And so I started, you know, making bowls and platters like everyone else. And no one really cared. My family was like, oh, that's so cool, you know, but no one really cared. I never thought about selling them. But on, on and on and on, um, I bought a kiln. I had my first big kiln in my apartment when my husband and I um, were dating and started living together at the time. And I just did it for fun. And I figured, you know, I'm going to buy this kiln and I am going to have wedding gifts for the rest of my life. When we go to weddings, I'll make them a platter or a bowl. So onward, I had kids. I had twin boys right out the gate. I, I was just absolutely thrilled to have these twin babies. And while they slept, and they were good sleepers, while they slept, I made glass in my dining room at the time. And I one day was reading a Martha Stewart magazine, and I saw that you could make a nightlight out of a shell. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I should make a nightlight out of a piece of glass. That would be really beautiful. So I made one, it turned out great. And then I made a few more designs. And the next time I went down and went to a big barbecue with all of our good friends, I took three designs. I had like a fish, a palm tree, and a flower. And everyone wanted one of these nightlights. It was definitely one of those pivotal moments where people talk about in their business that they realize they're onto something. Fast forward, I ended up selling thousands of nightlights. I ended up getting wholesale components for these nightlights. I ended up getting in a few stores with these nightlights. I ended up getting in a few magazines. I got in Kids Room magazines. I got in Rachel Ray, uh, Better Homes and Gardens. And so I started this business, started building this business. But I will tell you, I never start this business. I didn't start this business thinking I'm going to be a big time entrepreneur. I, I didn't even know 
in the beginning, if I considered myself an entrepreneur, I just thought the whole thing was so fun. It gave me something to do while I was home with my kids. And I remember after getting in a few stores, thinking to myself, what if I could make $200 a month? I could pay for our Comcast, I think it was at the time. I'm like, this this would be amazing. Um, so I, I didn't start out the gate thinking I wanna make multiple six figures, any of those things. But step by step, as I grew my business and I learned all these lessons into really believing big things were possible, I was baby stepping into believing big things were possible. I started thinking, what if I could get my nightlights into Oprah, which I never did, but I sent Oprah, gosh, she probably got 10 nightlights from me before I kind of moved on to sending her jewelry. But um, what if I could get into Oprah? What if I could get into 10 stores? What if I could make $500 a month? What if I could sell at the farmer's market every weekend, make $500 a weekend? And all these different you know, stages of believing that where I was at was awesome, but maybe I could do even more. And it really was transformative. You know, I started making more and more money. I remember when I, the first year I made $42,000 and I had to do the math about five times because I was so blown away that I was a stay-at-home mom, which is what I wanted to do, able to make dinner, work out, do all the things, and on top of it, bring in $42,000 revenue in this business. And I cried my eyes out. It was absolutely amazing. And I remember saying to my husband, what is going to be my goal? Like, we're starting a new year. What do you think's next for me? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think? And um, we were having cocktails at the time, and I was a little tipsy, and I said, I'm going to make more than you. I'm gonna be the breadwinner of this house. And it was a joke. Well, it wasn't a joke. It was like, this is the goal I'm gonna set. But it, it, I didn't believe it was possible. I just thought, how fun, how fun would it be if I started like actually going towards this goal that I'm gonna be the breadwinner? And so that was my goal. I did not believe at all it would happen at first until about two years in, I was making more and more and more. And I realized this is not a joke anymore. This is really possible for me. And it's so funny. I remember I came home from the farmer's market one day. And by this point, our kids, I think our, we had all three boys at this point, And they, I think our boys were in kindergarten. Our twin boys were in kindergarten. And, and I came home from the farmer's market and I said, hashtag breadwinner. That's when everyone was saying hashtag before they said things. Remember we went through that phase and I'm like, hashtag breadwinner. And my husband's like, how much did you make? And I had sold like $2,000 at a farmer's market, like it was before the holidays. And I was just beside myself. And so I'm like, hashtag breadwinner. And my kids started going breadwinner. And one of the boys said, what is a breadwinner? And so I was joking around with them, telling them it means that I am the one making the money in this house. This is my house. This is my food. Just joking around and my kids are laughing. My husband's on board. It was amazing, right? I was baby stepping into believing that big things were possible. So I made more money than my my husband. I eventually became the breadwinner. It took me about three years. And by making that happen, and I'll tell you, it makes me emotional to think because when I went into my kids that next morning, I told my husband that night that I had, my revenue had come in and I had made more than him. And I went into my kids and my kids at this point, I think the twins were probably in third grade, fourth grade. And I went into them and I said, hey, I'm the breadwinner. I made more money than your dad. They were so excited for me because I had been talking about it for so long. And they said, what does this mean? Like, what doesn't mean anything? It just means that big things are possible. It just means that I can make money out of nothing. I can start a business and I can think big things are possible and I can keep going. It was just amazing. An amazing lesson to teach your kids from such a young age. And then I started thinking, what else is possible for me, right? Maybe I can hire an assistant because I will tell you, I had a tendency to overwork. I worked all, I'm, I'm, I'm an overworker anyways. I love to work, especially because I love my jobs, but I really worked too much almost. I wouldn't really watch TV. I was constantly, when I wasn't with my kids, I was constantly working. So I, I really, the next level for me was, could I hire an assistant? That was a big, big deal for me in my life. It was very hard for me. How was it possible that I could hire someone to bring into my home? How was it possible I could trust someone? What if I had to fire them? What if I didn't like them? What if they didn't do a good job? I mean, so much discomfort 
right? I had to be willing to fail. That was one of the biggest lessons I learned early on as an entrepreneur. I had to be willing to fail. I had to be willing to send nightlights to Oprah and then not hear back. I had to be willing to send jewelry to all the different magazines, Glamour, Vogue, all the different magazines and have them almost hang up on me sometimes when I would call and check to see if they got my jewelry. And then I had to learn how to hire an assistant and that actually was never a fail. I hired my first assistant, Shannon. She was a dream from the very beginning. The whole process really was easy. One of the reasons it was easy is I had decided after about a year of angst of thinking about how horrible it was going to be to hire someone, I one day decided, what if this could be easy? And then all of a sudden it really was easy. And then I hired, after that, I hired my second assistant, Carly, a dream. That was easy as well. I had had interviewed Carly when I interviewed Shannon and I ended up going with Shannon and then Carly was my second hire and it was wonderful. So those were not failures. Those were, were wins all the way. But you know, you never know if something's really going to work unless you try, right? And then I went on to hire an assistant, uh, Megan, to work the farmer's markets with me. And that worked out wonderful too. And she worked for me, I think about a year and a half before she eventually quit because she was going into her senior year of college and she wanted to focus on that. So that was an amazing experience. Having that time off from the market was really powerful for me. You have to have the willingness to totally fail. And I have to say, I have a different idea of failure than, than sometimes I hear out out there on social media. Some people say there is no failure. It's just lessons learned. And I disagree. I think I personally think sometimes you fail. And you know why I think that? Because when you fail, it sucks to try to act like, oh, it's not a failure. I'm just learning that that's hard for me to accept when you really want something you go all in, especially if you go all in for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and it doesn't work out. It sucks. And it's okay for me to say, this sucks. I really wanted this. This is a fail. But yet we're supposed to go through these moments. We're supposed to have these failures. So for me, I have no problem saying that was a fail. I fell on my face that fail. That was a fail, right? But here's the thing. Had I not tried to get into Oprah, I wouldn't have eventually gotten into Rachel Ray. You know, I was trying to for years, well, so let me back up. I eventually started making jewelry. I had women saying, can you make me a necklace? Can you make me earrings? And I wasn't a big jewelry wearer. And I'm still to this day, really, I, I've never been a big jewelry wearer, but my customers really demanded it. They started asking me, I want you to make jewelry. So I started doing that and very quickly realized that I could make more money doing the jewelry. So I eventually let go of the nightlights after making probably about 10,000 nightlights. I eventually let go of the nightlights because they were very time consuming, not as profitable. And I really dove in on the jewelry. That's really what got me to multiple six figures in my jewelry, in my glass jewelry business, uh, in my glass business was the jewelry. But I tried probably for about seven years to get into Sports Illustrated swimsuit with my jewelry. And many times they even took my pieces on location, but I never actually got in the magazine. I just never made that final cut. And was it a fail? Yeah, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Got so close so many times. But you know what? Had I not kept going with trying to get into Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, I wouldn't have created a lot of the designs that have become my best sellers. You know, originally when I started sending samples to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, they were really big and bulky. And the feedback I got was, we love your work, but you need more delicate pieces. And I didn't know how to make more delicate pieces. And so I really kind of did what I do a lot of times in my glass studio is I created my own little project runway. Remember that show project runway where they would like, um, it was a, who was it? Elle McPherson or no, Elle McP no, who was it? I can't remember the beautiful model that ran that show. I don't think it was Elle McPherson, but anyways, um, they would, give like um, a bunch of fashion designers a challenge and then they they would say you have to make a outfit for a ballerina and you've got two days and you only have feathers and one piece of cloth and a bell or something like that crazy and so then they would have to make it happen and so I would do that to myself how can I make something that's that Sports Illustrated swimsuit would put on their models it has to be really minimal how could I do this and then I would go into well I'd have to make something really small 
how would I be able to attach some a really small piece of glass to a necklace? Well, it, I'd have to drill through it. I wouldn't be able to glue a backing to it. I'd have to drill through it. How could I drill through glass? And back then, Google wasn't, you know, Google is, is amazing now, but, you know, 15 years ago, Google wasn't what it is now. Now you could kind of Google anything and get get a lot of advice. But back then, I would Google, how could I drill through a piece of glass and there would be like maybe two videos out there and then i would kind of have to MacGyver my way through it and figure out how to drill a piece of glass and so in order to make a necklace so anyways had i not tried over and over and over and failed to get into sports illustrated swimsuit i would not be making the money and be able to have innovated like i have done with the jewelry to get to where i am now so failure sucks but it is the way to ultimately get to your goals and to ultimately i think to make money if you want to make a lot of money i really believe that one of the most common reasons women don't create bigger lives for themselves is that they want to know how they are going to do it they want to know exactly how before they even start so they're almost like i'm confused on what to do because i don't know how right they aren't sure they're thinking it over they want to feel inspired they're waiting to know how and this is not how it works especially if you're going to do something that is not being done which often if you're doing something big for your life that's going to fit into your life you're doing something new right now if you want to become a dentist or you want to become a nurse practitioner the path is pretty clear this is what you need to do you're either all in or all out you might need to have someone watch your kids or do all the things but the path is clear but if you want to do something different especially if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you want to do things differently in your life you have to be willing to test and fail you have to be willing to go you know I'm not sure if this is how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to at least start because then you'll figure out that either was the right way or not the right way. And then you pivot. That's what life is. It's I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to pivot. I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to pivot constantly. I started making good money as an artist, an artist who got to stay home with their kids. I ended up making more than my husband, which was a goal. I started reading books, listening to podcasts, and really learning how to manage my mind. I really proved to myself that big things were possible for me. And every time I did the next biggest thing, right? I made 42,000, I thought, oh, oh my God, if I make 42,000, maybe I can make 80,000. You know, I made more money than my husband. And I thought, oh my God, maybe I could actually put my kids through college without them using their college funds, but maybe I could fund their college by the time they get to college. Like all these things became more possible every time I got to my own next level. And really learning how to manage my mind was how I did all of it. And so early on, and not early on, right right when I was about, I think I hit around $100,000, I really decided to hire a life coach. I joined a program that taught me how to manage my mind, not only in business, but really in my whole life. I initially went into this program because I wanted to make more money in my business and I wanted to learn how to make more money, but it really affected my whole life. Because for me, it's, it's not even just about making more money, it really is about enjoying my life, enjoying this journey. Many times when after I hired my first life coach, I would go to my coach when I was struggling with one of our boys or I was struggling with my own motherhood or I was feeling insecure about money or I just didn't feel good, but I still had to show up for my life, right? And being able to talk with my life coach and being able to intentionally choose how I wanted to think about everything enabled me to get off the call with her and really focus on what I was creating. I remember early in my career as a glass jewelry artist, I started reading a lot of books on how to make more money. And this was early days social media. This is when people were not doing a lot of video. You know, now dentist office and every single person who has a business does video, but people back then weren't doing it. And I started doing videos on social media and I would show kind of the behind the scenes. I learned how to create a powerful email list. I hired a photographer. 
But other than this, I actually did a lot by myself. I did a lot. I bootstrapped a lot of this myself. I did my own website updates. I had a website made, but I did all the updates. I had the girl who designed my website. I had her teach me how to do all the updates so I could know how to put new product on, change the colors, change the different offerings on my website. I did all my own social media. I've never had anyone help me with my social media. I've done all of it. I've done all of my advertising and putting money into content and advertising on social media. I've done all my product pictures. I had to learn how to take pictures. I did all of my own writing and my emails. I did some of my own modeling sometimes because I wanted to save money. I have done my own farmer's markets all along. I have done all my own designing of pieces and learning how to, I did took two glass classes early on in college, but other than that, I've done all, I'm self-taught in terms of how to fuse glass and how to create jewelry, all self-taught. I went on to selling over $250,000 a year in my jewelry business. I got to $250,000 for about five years in a row. And all of that was possible because I learned how to manage my mind. Because there were so many times, let me tell you, where I thought, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I have any new designs in me. I feel like I am posting and people aren't engaging. I feel like I'm sending emails and I don't know if people are liking what, what I'm doing. All of that mind drama. That is the reality of being an entrepreneur. That is the reality of being a human. You have all this mind dropping coming at you. And then you need to be able to sit with that mind drama and say, it's okay that I have all this coming at me, but here is what I want to intentionally think. And I still do this every single day. I think there's this facade out there that you get to a point in business or in life where you don't have any of these thoughts anymore and that you don't have to manage, and I'm saying that in quotes, your mind anymore, and that's just not true. Most days I wake up and I'm like, I've got this, I feel powerful, but probably at least one or two days a week I wake up and I'm like, what is happening? I don't know if I'm doing the right things. I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. What if this doesn't work? And I very quickly sit down, journal it out and say, nope, we're redirecting and we are intentionally what deciding what we're going to think. And I completely change the way I'm thinking and feeling in that moment. Most of the time it works. Every once in a while it doesn't work. And I have a day where I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I just have a day. And that's okay too. So 2020 came. It was one of the best years of my life. It slowed me and my family down. It made me realize that in my business, I was working too much. I was overworking. I was really tying a little bit too much effort to making money. And it was a really wonderful slowdown for me. I was a little bit, huh, what was my feeling in that? The beginning of that year, I was a little discouraged because I couldn't do the farmer's markets. And I make a lot of money at my local farmer's markets. And I had just come up with a spring collection that I had never put so much time and energy and money into. And so beginning of 2020, I'm discouraged thinking, oh my God, I just put all this time and money into this collection and now no one's going to buy it. You know, no one is spending money right now because it's 2020. People are out of work and people are scared right now. And this is the last thing I should be doing is trying to get people to buy jewelry. And then I stopped and I did a big thought download. I stopped, I went to my desk, I sat there and I wrote all of these thoughts that I just said to you out. And I said, I am feeling discouraged because I'm having all these thoughts. Is it possible to think another way about this? And so then I did another thought download. And I said, maybe it's possible that this is going to be a good time for people to buy. Is it possible that people are on their computers more than they normally are because they're actually all at home? Is it possible that although there are some people, and my heart went out to those people that were really struggling during COVID, is it possible that there were a lot of people that actually had money more money than they actually normally had, right? There were a lot of people that every year they went to Europe and Hawaii and they were now on lockdown and they had extra money. So is it possible that women were still looking to spend money on themselves? If we look through history, we can find times, even during the Great Depression, women still bought certain things for themselves. I think it was skincare or something, right? So was it possible? I started finding different ideas for the fact that maybe it was possible that I still could make money for my family. Maybe it was possible to send something in the mail. This was the first year I ever actually created a postcard and sent it in the mail. 
I came up with an idea that I could make a postcard and send it to a bunch of my best customers in the mail. Cause I thought, you know what? I have a feeling people are actually looking through their mail for the first time in a long time. I decided that 2020, it was possible that I could double down on my email list and double down on my website sales and make a lot of money. And that was my highest revenue year ever was 2020 because I was able to manage my mind and choose some new thoughts about what was possible for me. Choose some new thoughts about what was possible for a small business, what was possible for a girl working out of her garage. I made a lot of choices that year that were very, very intentional. I decided not to talk about COVID at all because I think a lot of people were really tired of hearing about it. And so I decided only to just show up and share my beautiful jewelry. And it was a really great year for me. And 2020 was also the year I made a really big decision. I decided to become a life coach. I was in the hot tub with my husband one day and I told him, I said, you know, life coaching has changed my life. I believe it's changed our family's life. He agreed. And I said, I really want to continue my education and I want to get certified as a life coach. I think that I'll be able to help our children even more. I'll be able to help you even more and be able to grow my jewelry business even more if I, I really dive into this work. And he was on board, but he also challenged me and said, I think you need to actually try to make money as a life coach. And I will tell you, at first, I was really resistant to that. My first thoughts were, I don't have enough time. There's no way I could be the mom I want to be and still do the things I want with my life and grow another business. And for a few months, I was very against that. I was just doing the life coaching to really grow my tools that I have, my the tools, and, and be able to expand my life. But it was interesting. I had thought back to many times when I was at the farmer's market, my local farmer's market selling my jewelry, and I had people come up to me all day and they were like, your jewelry's so great. My daughter loves it. My wife loves it. I love it. I can't get enough. And it was just so wonderful. So much positivity coming to me at my at local farmer's market. But I, when that, when I was deciding to become a life coach and had decided to sign up, I signed up and then didn't start my program for six months. I thought about those few times where I would be at the farmer's market and someone would come up to me and say, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And they'd say, you really inspire me. Like what you have done with your business has made me want to start selling my own work and really has made me start showing up on social media and doing video and all the things. And, you know, sometimes you talk about how much money you make and it's really inspiring to me. And I mean, in that Women coming up to me telling me that I was an inspiration to them was ugh, just absolutely amazing. And so I really started, as I was getting ready to do this life coaching training, really started thinking maybe I could take on a few clients. Maybe that would be fun for me to actually help other people in the process of helping my family and myself. I'm taking a moment to make sure you know that I work privately one-on-one -on -one with women to up-level their lives, to create an even more amazing life than the one they have been living. The women who hire me know that they want more. They want more clarity, more control, more joy, confidence, fun, money. They realize that they have tried it on their own and they're ready for next level coaching. If this is you, head to my website, CourtneyGrayCoaching.com. There's also a link in the show notes and schedule a consultation so we can talk about you creating the life of your dreams. I can't wait to help you. But again, back to thinking that big things are possible. I was doubtful, but there was a part of me that started tiptoeing into it's possible I could also not only help other people, but actually make more money for my family by being a life coach. This is, again, I want to go back to discomfort. Discomfort, I know, is my friend. With the willingness to feel any emotion is one of the things that has enabled me to create a bigger life for myself. I realized when my husband told me, I think you should consider making money as a life coach, it felt very, very uncomfortable. And for a few months, I was really resistant. And then I just decided that actually this would be amazing. And the fact that I'm uncomfortable, the fact that I'm nervous, the fact that I'm skeptical, the fact that I'm worried that my jewelry business is going to fall apart and all the things that I was willing to feel uncomfortable in order to create something bigger for myself. My husband believed in me and it, I really kept going back to that. I kept questioning like, how would it be possible? How could this actually happen, right? I was selling myself on the idea that I could do both. I was thinking, again, 
thinking intentionally. I decided, I decided that I wanted to believe I could do both. And it didn't happen overnight. I was annoyed at my husband at first, and then he kind of convinced me it was possible. And I kept thinking, what if I tried? And I found evidence of other people doing two businesses. I found evidence of, I remember listening to a podcast and my coach, Brooke Castillo, was interviewing, I think, three or four people. And one of them was a woman doctor who had five kids and who had gone through the certification program at the Life Coach School. That's where I got certified. And she had started coaching people. She was an acting doctor, five children, and was starting a coaching business. And I was like, damn, if she can do this, I can do this. So I started finding examples of how it was possible. I started letting myself be inspired by other women. And so by the time I started coach certification, I was in full belief that this was my path and I had no idea how it was going to happen. And I definitely had moments, like I said before, where I'd wake up and go, what the hell am I doing? I definitely had those moments, but I kept going. I dive, I dove in and I actually started coaching people right away, right when I started coach certification. I was talking to my coach one day and she, I said to her, I can't wait until I'm done with coach certification, which was a six month program. I said, I can't wait till I'm done because I can't wait to get clients. And she's like, why aren't you getting clients now? And I'm like, oh, well, I feel like I should be certified. And she goes, you do know there's lots of coaches that never get certified that go on to help people and make tons of money. Why do you think you need to be certified? And she questioned me, which is exactly what life coaching is all about. She questioned me and I was like, I, wow, I guess I don't know. I guess I just assumed I had to be certified. And she said to me, the the winning question, do you think you could change someone's life right now? And I'm like, 100%. And she goes, then what's stopping you? And I'm like, nothing. So I went out and very quickly started offering services and started working with people and changing their lives. My first two clients signed up with me again and again. And my first, actually, no, my first three clients signed up with me again and again. You know, they, they signed up with me for six months and then signed up with me again, which is as a coach, the ultimate compliment, right? Their lives had been changed. So they wanted to keep going with the coaching. I felt like I had an advantage over other coaches because I already was an entrepreneur. I showed up very powerfully, very early on in social media saying, I know I can help you. Here's what I do. And, and I had that going for me because I had learned so much through being a jewelry artist and, and building my other business. I started making money even before I certified and I fell in love with coaching more and more. At first, I really believed I wanted to be an entrepreneur coach. I only wanted to coach women entrepreneurs, and I still do coach many entrepreneurs. It really is one of my favorite things. Talking about money and growing a business is so powerful, but I had many clients coming to me, and we would coach on their businesses, but then we would also coach on every area of their lives, especially women that are moms. I mean, like I've talked about so many times, if you are a mom and you are working or you are starting a business, what happens with your children affects your business. What happens with your business affects your family. If you are struggling in your relationship, that can affect your business. All of it is intertwined. And I found that I loved coaching on all of it. So in the beginning, I had chosen a business name, The Beautiful Entrepreneurs. If you go back towards the beginning of this podcast, you're going to hear me at the beginning of the podcast saying, welcome to The Beautiful Entrepreneurs podcast. I love that name. I paid for a logo. I did everything. I bought the URL, everything with The Beautiful Entrepreneurs. And after coaching for about six months, um, really reaching out only to entrepreneurs, I started having people say to me, oh my gosh, I would love to coach with you if you ever coach people other than entrepreneurs. I'm like, well, totally. I totally coach other people besides entrepreneurs. So I decided to really just be Courtney Gray coaching for now because I love coaching on all the things, relationships, body image, kids, parenting. I've coached young adults. I've coached men. I coach all the things. But my favorite thing is really coaching women in midlife who want to change their lives or maybe just change a part of their lives. So helping women change and grow and live a bigger life really is my jam. I really am just so passionate about helping women change the way they think about midlife, aging, and what is possible for those of us who have kids after our babies leave the nest. I just feel like there's so much possible for us. It's such an exciting time of life. 
Last year in my coaching business in 2022, I tripled my coaching income from the year before. This year, I plan to quadruple what I made last year. And this podcast is part of that plan. I also have more and more people coming and loving my workshops and my masterclasses, which reminds me, I have a masterclass this Thursday, the 12th. I'm going to post the link in the show notes. It's your last chance to sign up for it. It is going to be amazing. It is called the Body and Life Reset Masterclass. We're going to be talking about losing weight, getting in your best shape, maintaining where you're at now, whatever you want to do, but the mindset that is needed to not only achieve, get your body to where you want it, but to make changes that will carry you through the rest of your life. So I'll link it in the show notes. This year, I am bringing even more discomfort into my life in order to grow. I am headed to the East Coast in February for a two-day workshop where I'm going to learn how to be a better public speaker because I this year, my goal is to do some public speaking. I know growing my coaching business is going to take me getting in front of more women and sharing my message and offering to help them change their lives. I will tell you this. One of the concepts I want to talk about is all of this takes time. This work is ongoing and it never ends. I was talking to one of my buddies last night who's just, he's an amazing human being. And we were, we had some friends over at our house and I was talking to him and he's just, he is very successful, makes all the money, has an amazing relationship with his wife who I am good friends with and he's an amazing dad and, and physically, I mean, the guy's in amazing shape. He could be on the cover of a magazine. And so I'm like, what's going on with you? Tell me how you do all of this. And I was like, and so to me, I'm a big believer in morning routines. And I said, what is your morning routine? And he laid it out and I'm like, there you go, man. That is why you're at where you're at. And he was telling me, and his morning routine is a a copulation of like meditating, stretching, praying, reading the Bible, journaling. I mean, he, it's, he's, he's doing the work. So that's what I wanted to say is you look at his life and you think, oh, he's done. No, 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 no. He's not done. He is now maintaining this amazing life he's created for himself. And I'm pretty confident he has other goals for himself. This work again, all of this takes time. It's ongoing. It's never ending. The people that you look at that you're like, wow, they're doing what I want to do, or I want to look that way or act that way or respond that way to my kids. Those people are ongoing doing this work. I'm so willing to go all in and I'm so willing to give it time. And I'm so willing to enjoy the process because it really believe, and I write this down every day in my journal, it is all about enjoying the process. It really isn't about the destination. It really is about enjoying the process on the way to the destination. I've already invested in a business membership this year in order to help me with my coaching business. As although I'm already an entrepreneur, I am always learning. So that was a lot of business talk. That's where I am. I want to pivot now. I want to really talk about the most important part of my life. My three boys, my husband, my four boys are everything to me. But being a mom is the point of my life. So how have these concepts that I talked about in the very beginning, how have they related and helped my journey as a mom? The first one, believing big things are possible for your future. For my future, I think... I can be a mom and I can have my own life and dreams at the same time. And I believe this even when my kids were babies. I believe this even more as they've grown and they've physically needed me less. But it's not just I can have my own life and my dream, my own dreams separate from my kids. It's a few things. It's I can have my own life and my own dreams separate from anyone, separate from my husband, separate from my kids. But also I can have my own life and my own dreams with my husband separate from my kids because my kid's job is to grow up and leave me and to start lives of their own. And so that's going to leave me and my husband. And so he's a huge priority. I, when I think about what's possible for me, I think about what's possible for me and him. And I'm teaching my kids that all the time. It's so funny. My husband and I are trying to go out once a week on a date night. We didn't always do this, but we're trying this right now. And so many times when we're getting ready to go out to dinner, one of my boys goes, oh, must be nice. Well, we don't want to go to dinner with you. And I'm like, hey, we go to dinner with you all the time. You're not invited. We're spending time on our relationship. And this is a really good lesson for them. It's going to teach them how to prioritize the relationships that they have someday when they're married, if they choose to get married. 
as my boys have grown up, I've shifted starting to put myself and my dreams more on the front burner since they don't need me physically quite as much. At times I'm allowed to put myself on the front burner. When I'm believing big things are possible for my future, I am an example of what's possible to my kids. I'm showing them what is possible through making your own dreams a priority. I also believe I show my kids that they can change their mind and that they can think outside the box. They can start down a path of life that they don't really know where it's going to go and that that's okay. That they don't have to have all the answers. That they can start trying and failing. I've been an example of that. That you can lead yourself down a road because you think big things are possible even if you don't know how to get there. Believing big things are possible for my future has helped me not put my kids into a box. What I mean by that is it's made me look at my kids and say to them, hey, big things are possible for you if you're willing to fail, if you're willing to try and all the things I'm teaching you here, but then to be able to trust them that they can make their own choices for their own futures. So the second concept, in order to succeed, you have to be willing to fail because you will, is really important in how I'm showing up as a mom because it's let me fail in front of my kids and get pissed off and pull up my panties and move on, <laughs> right? It's like, let's fucking go. My kids have seen me fail so much and I share it all with them. I share when I'm disappointed. I share when I reframe and intentionally think about it and move on. They've seen all of it. I hate seeing my kids disappointed. I hate seeing my kids not get what they want or have things not go well for them. But this is life. I know that I am going to fail. I know my kids are going to fail. And I don't try to protect them at all costs. Do I try to protect them and teach them? Yes, but not at all costs. I see sometimes women out there and they are trying to so tightly manage their kids so their kids don't fail. And that to me shows that they think that failure is a problem. It's not a problem. They're going to fail. But how can you support them when they do? That's the better question. The next concept, it's all about managing your mind. Thinking intentionally will determine your results. I have had the opportunity early on to teach my kids how to think. To teach them that at any moment they can ask themselves, how do I want to think about this? And if I could teach every single person in the whole world that, how do I want to think about this? That that is an option to be able to think at any moment with any circumstance of their lives. Man, that's a powerful one. And to be able to have my kids disappointed and to be able to say to them, what do you want to think about this? And have them actually take it seriously. Or even better to have my kids tell me something happened and I'll say, oh my God, what are you thinking? You know what? It's going to be fine. I just, this is what I want to think is amazing that I've given them that gift. You know, one of our boys really struggled in school right around second grade. He got it in his head that he wasn't smart, which is not true, but he struggled in school a little bit. And so he really got it in his head that he wasn't smart. And by senior year, he really was not happy. And out of respect to him, I won't say too much more about this, but I will say that I, I suggested he quit high school in his senior year. Now, most parents, I, I have to believe, most parents don't want their kids to drop out. It's, it's not anything any parent wants for their kids, but at the time it really was the best thing for him. And so we were driving to school one morning and I said, quit. Now, no parent wants their kids to drop out, especially in our society. It's deemed a failure, right? But at the time it was the best thing for him. And being able to manage my mind and sit down and do a thought download on paper, write all my thoughts out on paper, and be able to decide that I was so confident that I was the best mom for him and feeling strong and connected to him and being able to say to him, I think that quitting school might be the best option for you right now. You can always go back and get your GED, but you're not happy. And I just can tell that this might be the best for him. It really saved me. I think it saved him. I think it saved our family. So this idea, this concept about managing your mind, thinking intentionally is going to determine your results and thinking, how do I want to think about this has made such a huge impact on our family. And then when he did quit, when I thought to myself, how do I want to think about this? And my thought was, I think it's perfect for him right now. 
I think that every kid has a different path. I think that the school system, as amazing as it is, because a lot of people talk trash about the school system, but I think our school system is doing the best they can. Is there a lot of work to be done? Yes. There's a lot of work to be done everywhere, but the school system, from my experience, has been amazing. But in that moment, the best thing for my kid was to quit. And he did. And he is doing so well now. Being able to work with my life coach and coach myself and choose my own thoughts on how I wanted to support my son helped all of us through that difficult time. Being able to use these tools with my other two boys who were worried and stressed out and worried about their brother during that time, so powerful. Discomfort is your friend. Willingness to feel any emotion is so important. Teaching my kids not only how to feel discomfort, but that it is the way has helped them move forward with getting jobs, asking girls out, asking for promotions, walking in and applying for jobs, taking their driver's test over and over and over after they failed, signing up for classes that they were nervous to sign up for, setting big goals for themselves, even though they were worried that they're not going to achieve them. Teaching my kids that it is the way is so important. I have been willing to feel discomfort as my kids have grown up and made decisions that I wouldn't necessarily decide to do. I have been willing to feel discomfort every time they drive away from my house in their car. I've been able to manage my mind around not stressing out every time they drive away from my house in their car. I've gotten really good about not stressing out about my kids. I think most moms, I really believe this, I think most moms spend way too much time worrying about their kids and feeling guilty about how they show up as a mom. Those two things I think are way too much as moms. They worry about their kids too much. I mean, we all worry about our kids, we love them, but worry too much and then feel guilty about how they show up as a mom. I don't spend time much time worrying about my kids. I do worry about them because I love them and I want all the things for them that you want for your kids, but I don't spend too much time worrying about them. I don't believe it's helpful to lay in bed at night worrying. And so you might be thinking right now, well, yeah, I don't want to worry, but I just do. But this worrying is optional. I don't feel guilt. Even when I look back and I think I could have done things differently because now I see things differently because I've learned, I've grown. And I think back and I think, mm, if that happened now, I would do things differently, but I don't feel guilt about it. I remember when uh, my boys were little and, and I did the farmer's markets on Saturday morning. I sold my jewelry at the farmer's market. So I think I made it one year to maybe two of my kids' soccer games. And I remember my little Justin, he's 19, but I still call him my little Justy Bear. And Justin came to me and said, Mom, you know, why haven't you been to any of my soccer games? And I said, Justin, I work on Saturdays. I said, your dad videos some of your game and I love to hear all about it. And I go to a lot of your practices. I was the one that took them to most of their practices two times a week. And I said, so I come to your practices and I stay the whole time and I watch you practice, but I'm not going to be able to go to most of your games. And he's like, well, why? Whatever. And I said, hey, because I work on Saturdays. And I said, and I don't feel guilty. And I said, I don't feel guilty because I am working so we can afford for you to play soccer. And I really felt that. And he was like, okay. And you know what? I, I feel good about that. Why am I going to make this choice to earn money, go to the farmer's market, which is a tough job I would do every Saturday. I would have much rather been at my kid's game. But why would I make the choice to go and do this for my family? And then on top of that, load myself with guilt telling me that I really should be at my kid's soccer games. What a bunch of bullshit that would be. I choose not to. And so all of this leads me to the last concept. All of this takes time and it's ongoing and it never ends. You can learn how to manage your mind to feel less stress and less mom guilt around your children. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process that you work at every day. I help my clients do this, think differently so they can live with less stress and less guilt and then have energy to do other things. I do this work every day. I continue to get stronger and stronger and my life continues to get better and better. 
I work with women one-on-one privately to make these changes in their life. I do offer free coaching calls, an hour free coaching call. Message me to schedule one. I know there will come a time that I do not do them. As I get busier, I am not going to do them anymore. So take advantage of this now if you want to create a bigger life for yourself. I loved talking about all of these and I'm going to go over them again because I just think they're so powerful. Believing big things are possible for your life. It is available to you. In order to succeed, you have to be willing to fail because you will. That is available to you. You can fail and succeed. It is all about managing your mind, thinking intentionally. This will determine your results. Doing this work is available to you. Discomfort is your friend. You being willing to feel discomfort as you change your life is available to you. All of this takes time. This work is ongoing. It never ends. It is available to you. I so appreciate you being here. This was a long one, guys. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) This is probably one of the longest podcasts I have created for you. But I really wanted to talk about how it has not only helped create a bigger life for me in terms of money and in terms of my businesses, but also for me as a mom, which is my number one thing. I am so grateful for this work. If I can help you reach out. Have a great Tuesday. If you are ready to create an even more amazing life for yourself, if you are ready to get clarity and get moving, I would love to have a conversation with you. I coach women privately one-on-one and am currently offering consultations to talk about working together. Click the link in the show notes or find me on social and at my website, CourtneyGrayCoaching.com.